Welcome to the Alkaline Unplugged podcast. I'm Erin Parazuski, a functional fitness expert and holistic health coach. I am the founder and CEO of Alkaline, a health and wellness company that operates boutique fitness franchises across the U.S. I live in Menlo Park, California with my husband and two young daughters. I am joined by my podcast partner, Kathy Purnell, a master instructor at Alkaline and a former special education teacher. She has three grown daughters and lives in Los Altos with her husband, Jeff. Together, we bring you Alkaline Unplugged, a collection of conversations on a whole host of topics, from experts in the health and wellness field to the real, raw, and human stories of people like you and me. We look forward to bringing you content that will nourish your mind, body, and soul. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to your comments and feedback. If you like what you hear, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. As a disclaimer, neither Kathy nor I are licensed medical professionals. The materials and content in this podcast are intended to be general information and are not to be considered a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All right. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Erin. And welcome to Alkaline Unplugged. So this, Erin, is our first quarantine podcast. And I, I'm probably the only person in your life that will ever say this to you, but I'm so jealous that I'm not in your closet with you. Right <laughs> I can lovely. See you. If you move to the side a little bit, I might be able to see our matching pajamas. <laughs> Fun fact for our audience to know, Aaron and I have matching PJs. Yep. Um, we are here today with Danielle Brassou who is a licensed physical therapist, but she also happens to be one of our amazing alkaline instructors from Irvine, California. She is affectionately known as Danny B. That's like her quarantine, I don't know, name. Alter ego. Yeah, her (laughs) alter ego. So welcome, Danielle. Hi. How are you guys? (laughs) Doing well, holding up during these crazy times. Let's just kind of launch in with, Tell us a little bit about your practice as a physical therapist, how it, what's it look like for you these days? Sure. So it's definitely changed. We've transitioned. I own my own practice in Laguna Hills, California, and it's transitioned from seeing patients one-on-one to telehealth, which just is using different types of video conferencing, depending on what the person has. (laughs) Um, to see them and treat their conditions. So I've seen lots of uptake in injuries to shoulders and neck and different pain through the upper extremity because of sitting at home working on a computer and just feeling lots of stress and anxiety over the last couple of weeks. I have so. to I don't know that your, your patient population is so grateful. And I've thought about this so many times during this quarantine, how lucky we are that this is happening now versus 20 years ago when there was no Zoom or a FaceTime or whatever. So I'm sure that your clients find a, take a lot of comfort, even though you're not there to offer your hands-on assist. I'm sure they... Exactly. And they can still learn a lot. They can still see and interact, which is the main piece of physical therapy. And then I'm able to look at their body position and although not ideal, it still works really well. How many clients or patients do you see like during a typical week? It kind of fluctuates anywhere between five to 10, just depending on the week, depending on what the person is going through and stuff like that. 
And what are some of the specific injuries that you're seeing? And and maybe highlight those that are a little bit unusual or atypical. Yeah. That you are normally seeing. Yeah. So some of the ones that I have been treating would be neck pain, just general, generalized stiffness with range of motion and stuff like that. But now I'm seeing a lot of tendonitis. Um, so what I think is happening is people have had these patterns of movement that they, they've used before quarantine and now being stuck in one location for the majority of the day, they're using those patterns of movement over and over and over again without any correction or any knowledge of like what they're doing. <laughs> and so it's causing like an uptake in tendonitis which is a condition where the ligaments of the body are loaded continually in kind of a pattern that will cause stress. You have to imagine too that clients are a little more tuned into themselves because there are fewer outside distractions. So you do wonder how much of this may have been going on prior to this, but now they have the time to really kind of focus on it. Exactly, yeah. And, and especially just being able to move kind of in a few different locations, like sitting at your desk, sitting on your couch, sitting at your table, just going through those motions over and over again, you are, you're more likely to notice the problem because as acted by other, you would normally do in and out of your car, walking up and down the street, you know, just the different things we normally do. So more sitting these days for sure. Weird things that I have had are like some finger, like someone was complaining about their finger joints being really stiff and tender, um, which is usually not something that someone will call me about. Um, So yeah, just like stiffness in the joints of the fingers. How much of that is an inflammatory response? So maybe you could recommend nourish. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great idea. Checking in with your diet is always important and stress, getting sleep. Yeah. What do you think causes that tension, Danielle, in the hands? Usually what it is, it could, for this particular person, definitely there was an increase in typing, right? Sending more emails um, rather than they were, they had been more conversing with their coworkers. And so more typing will definitely do it. And then like, not enough grip strength, but not knowing that, like, you know what I mean? They're not working on it class or somewhere getting strong by maybe holding weights or doing some trained hands. So then they came home, started typing and they don't have the right strength in their hands. And that's why their fingers are a little irritated. Yeah. Let's talk about grip strength. I read an article once that said there's a direct correlation between grip strength and longevity. And you think about like, okay, in an extreme situation, if you fall off the side of a cliff, you're more likely to be able to catch yourself and prevent, you know, something. But can you give other examples of the importance of grip strength and ways people can think about that without like necessarily using, when I was younger, we had this little thing and it was like, it was red and you squeezed it. It was like a stress ball and I had a counter on it. So you could count how many times you squeeze this thing to strengthen your hand. And I'm sure they still have lots of things like that still. But um, yeah, what are some other um, things we can do and other reasons why it's important to have grip strength? 
So yeah, lots of physical therapists know that grip strength and the health of your shoulder and neck is highly correlated. So if you don't have enough strength in your hands, all that load is going to transmit up towards your shoulder, towards your neck. And so the actual motion of the shoulder joint, the scapula, the clavicle, and the joint itself, the glenohumeral joint, will not move through its full range of motion and with appropriate dynamic movement if you don't have enough grip strength. So one of the ways that you work on your grip strength definitely is holding weights when you work out. And it doesn't have to be a heavy weight. It can be as small as one pound weight. It's just that connection of your fingertips around the weight. And I have seen other places that work out where you you let your fingers kind of release from the weight. And that's actually counterintuitive and not what will strengthen the hand. You really want to make sure that your hands are wrapped around the weights to increase that grip strength. And then anytime you're moving a weight in front of your body, like with an anterior deltoid exercise or straight up into flexion is where you're really going to get a lot of strength for the shoulder, for the, for the neck and the hand itself. So those are some movements that really help to strengthen as well as just using your hand. Like we talk a lot in class about pressing down through all 10 fingers, utilizing the hand to hold yourself in plank position or utilizing the hand to hold yourself in a push-up. Those kind of things, closed chain and open chain really help to strengthen your hand. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the thing about the holding the weights because that's a mega pet peeve. I have a few pet peeves. One of them is littering. And one of them is holding the weight only with the thumb. One of the things I think you told me that you saw somewhere like kind of justified that by saying they're stretching their hands, but then it just puts all the load in the thumb. And I think what do with a two pound weight, what you would do with a hundred pound weight, would you hold a hundred pound weight just with your thumb? No. But the other thing I really miss in terms of grip strength and, you know, it's funny because when we launched five years ago at Alkaline, we made a very intentional movement away from the category or beyond the category of bar, because we do have, we have lots of props in our studio. We have a Pilates ball, we have weights, we have a yoga block, we have lots of things and they don't necessarily define us, but for some reason, the prop of the bar in our class, um, you know, defines us. And we've been more pivoting towards this training for life, functional training, but I definitely notice the grip strength opportunities are not as robust without that prop of the bar, right? You think about the chairs and the, the pull-ups and things we do. So is there anything in the absence of that? I mean, we're still planking and doing push-ups. And for those of us who have weights at home, we have those things. Is there anything else we can be doing to ensure that our grip strength does not fade away? being aware of the need to strengthen your hand and that it's actually just as important as you would strengthen your feet. Just being, you know, you can even, if you have a ball at home, as you're sitting at your desk, just practice squeezing that ball and releasing it, working through the muscle tissues of your hand. Um, It really doesn't have to be like too much thought, you know, just was really focusing on making sure that you're using both of your hands as well. Like if you're right-handed, you want to be using your left hand to really balance that out and to train your brain. 
So um, would it count if I tried to open my twist off wine bottle with my left hand? My non yes. I was thinking of some things like that. Yeah. You know, if the cup comes around, you have plenty of opportunities to increase your grip strength. I was also wondering, and this is not a podcast just on grip strength, but you did mention something in your class. Danielle teaches this awesome recharge rolling class. It's 45 minutes on um, currently it's Mondays from 6.15 to 7, which is like the best part of my Monday and what I look forward to all week. I love it. But you mentioned something about being left-handed, but writing with your right hand. Can you tell us more about that? It's complicated and I don't want to put my family down, but my mom, I was a little kid and I was writing with my left hand and my mom switched me to write with my left, my right hand. And so everything that I do with my body, like figure skating, soccer, every sport I've ever played, I've always been left-handed, like left side dominant. And so it's just this cross connection and you'll see it sometimes like when you guys, if I'm demoing for your class and I don't know the exercise, I'll be like, wait a second, is it this side or that side? My body just gets confused. Can you still write with your left hand? Um, I haven't practiced it as much, but I could when I was in high school. I think it's a sign of intelligence, honestly. It is. They say being left-handed is a sign of a genius. My husband is left-handed. My niece is left-handed, as is my dad. It's a tough plight to be left-handed. I, I understand from your mom's perspective why she maybe wanted to interject, but I think it's also a sign of like resilience because you have to live in a right-handed world. It's hard, you know? Yeah. Just one more thing to love about Danny B. Yeah. So you're just so learning so much about you. It's crazy. Okay. I've been exercising a lot at home. Thank goodness for the alkaline virtual classes. They've been a source of sanity and strength for me. I'm so grateful for the team for pivoting and for all the awesome instructors who are teaching who I get to take from, which is great. But I also notice I'm personally for me, I'm working out a little bit more than I did before. And I'm also doing other things around my house and in my life that I didn't necessarily do. For example, I mowed my own lawn the other day. So that was a lot of pushing and dragging and twisting. Like we have a plug-in lawnmower and so I was having to flip the cord. I've been, you know, doing a lot more cleaning, a lot like more manual um, weeding, gardening, things like that. What are you seeing in terms of the impact on the body for that, Danielle? And what types of things could we be doing to heighten our awareness and then also, you know, better care for ourselves during these times? Yeah, I definitely think that originally people thought, okay, quarantine means that I'm going to be moving less, but I actually think that people are moving more and in different ways than they had been moving before. So what that means and the impact on that on your body is that you're there's certain muscles that maybe you haven't been activating that you're beginning to activate while you're in quarantine. And those muscles are getting sore. They're maybe pulling on some of the joints. And so then you're feeling maybe some more joint pain that you hadn't been feeling before. And then add on top of that, just maybe added weight from doing yard work or doing different labor intensive things. So I think it's just really important to make sure that if you're feeling any sensations in the body that you have never felt before, like a muscle 
or a joint, maybe you've never felt knee pain ever before. And all of a sudden you're starting to feel it. Just really contacting someone like a physical therapist, just going over maybe what you're feeling and have an understanding of what's happening to your body. And then to take care of it with rolling, hydration, stretching, and then staying as active as you can with taking classes and walking or running or whatever other cardiovascular stuff that you do. That's a good point. I don't know if people realize that they can contact someone. Yeah. Like I was just having this conversation with someone else about my, I need to get my, my dog, you know, fixed or my puppy. And I didn't realize that vets were open, but now this is a great opportunity, especially with your telehealth. Yeah. You, people can contact you because they don't need a physical exactly. um, relationship. Really brief, you know, especially if it's just like an ache or a pain or something, a sensation, it's usually really easy to talk through something like that, as opposed to something that's more chronic that you've had for a long time, you know, that's that you would be more likely to see a physical therapist for several sessions. Um, but you can still you can still talk about those issues and still be treated by a physical therapist, even though it's a screen. You know, it's just it just requires a little more attention. How would people contact you for that? Since they know you, Danny B. Yeah, they could find me on Instagram. You could also send me an email through my Instagram and then we could hook up in terms of phone. I like keep my phone number off the internet as much as possible. So, and then once we get a relationship going, then we can figure something out and then I can see face-to-face on these awesome Zoom calls. We can also put, um, put our contact information alongside the podcast. Yeah. Obviously there are a lot of other workouts available to people these days and a lot of free stuff. We are fortunate at Alkaline in that we do not really require any equipment to to do what we do by design, because we believe that, you know, your body and gravity are probably the two best things you have available to you. I mean, obviously having the knowledge to know how to move your body with and against gravity and that alignment and all that stuff is, is really uh, where the magic happens. But I've noticed a lot of the workouts available or the things I see people doing and posting are very intense, like a lot of like accelerated, you know, movement. Uh, a lot of jumping, a lot of burpees. I think most people are like, I have a certain amount of time to exercise. I am going to, you know, sweat and work as hard as I can. Do you have any, um, any thoughts on that? Sure. I mean, I especially think when you're in a situation like this, where it's quarantine and you're working out at home, the last thing you want to do is to really shock your joints with movement that maybe you haven't done before or movement that's very aggressive for your body. Maybe you, before this, you were at the gym, maybe strolling on the treadmill, taking a class here and there. You definitely don't want to follow something that's high intensity, that's going to put a lot of pressure through your joints, especially in this situation when you're more stressed, you're taking on more responsibility you want a workout like Alkaline or a workout where you're using your own body, you're being attentive, you're being mindful about the position of your body, because that's going to keep you injury free. If you're taking a class or following a video online, 
with a workout that you maybe have never seen before, some of the places that I've seen are changing the workout daily. That's a lot for your body and your brain to take on, especially in a situation like this where you're already stressed. You're already just dealing with a million and one things. The last thing you want is to challenge your brain to take on something that could that could injure you, really. And especially when there's not another person on the other side of the exactly. other side of the video that can coach you. I mean, I think that's one of the the benefits and what sort of sets offline apart is I know I haven't seen any other brand that has the two-way interaction. And that and that's I think what our clients have come to expect and come to appreciate about Alkaline is that we do pay attention, you know, as we're queuing through things, and it's almost in some ways, easier now, Aaron and Danielle, maybe you can say if you feel it this way too. Now that when I'm teaching, I'm not actually doing and I don't have the opportunity to give hands-on adjustments, but I certainly can use my eyes and my words to sort of see what's happening in a person's body and address that. And it also makes people really feel seen and cared for, which I think is yeah, I don't want to pat myself and us all on our backs too much, but you know. Let's be real. The reason why I started coming to Alkaline, well, I've tried, I love to work out. I've tried lots of different things, but there never was something where someone was paying attention to my body. And as a former ice skater, where I put my body into different positions that really cause some stress in my joints, it's really important that as I get older, like that I am paying attention paying attention to how my body moves and that someone else is looking at me and being like, Hey, fix that. You know? And even this morning, like when I was in class, Kate, like, I mean, it feels like we're so far away, but she caught like just the position of my elbow, like right away. And it was so great to just know that someone was caring for me just in that second. Yeah. I think that's hugely important. And it's been a huge priority for us from the very second we knew things were shifting with our in-person offering, the top priority was being able to have a two-way interaction because that is the foundation of Alkaline. This is a partnership. It's not just, I tell you what to do and you do it. That's not the way we want it to work, nor do we believe that's what's best for you, right? It's it's the education and the accountability and the feedback, which is a two-way street. And so that was really, really, despite it being a little bit more challenging to set up (laughs) that way. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to make it seem as seamless as it is. And I think that's why we still notice that people aren't turning on their cameras. And I know that maybe some people are in their pajamas or whatever, but it's not about that. It's not about, you know, what you're wearing or what it never has been, whether we're in the same room or not. It's been about, let us help you help yourself. And I think that feedback I get I mean, I've been taking a lot of classes and I love the feedback. I get tons of feedback or it just holds me present as well. Um, So I'm not, you know, spacing out or, you know, thinking about all the amazing notes I'm going to write down my phone based on the little nuggets I'm getting from my wise instructors. But I think it really does come down to it's a practice. And even if you alkaline all the time and you know your body and, you know, I mean, Danielle, obviously you're, you do this as a, we all do as for, as a profession there's still a lot of moving parts, both in our brain and our body, <laughs> and you need someone else to catch you, right? Even if you know you shouldn't hyperextend your elbows in a plank, 
your your body goes to the path of least resistance just automatically and it will do what it's familiar with, especially probably now, right? It's probably the same reason why we're drawn to comfort food or, you know, comfort habits or comfort people. But I think that, you know, knowing the body, and that's just the the thing that makes me a little bit nervous about all these other things I'm I'm seeing, right? Even the things that were familiar to people work out a place they went, these companies, and I, you know, I I feel for them because it's hard for all of us are pivoting and doing other things and just with the priority of like, I'm just gonna make people work as hard as they can and sweat as much as they can. And I really worry about what the long-term impact on the body is going to be. And I think it's important that we recognize and, and maybe let some of our listeners in on the behind the scenes goings on. But for those of you who don't know at Alkaline, we consult with Danielle and utilize the concepts and the just, I guess the concepts of physical therapy and most of our exercises are, all of our exercises are rooted in exercise science, right? So it's not like we teach an exercise because it looks cool. We teach an exercise because of its functional relevance, because it's strengthening the parts of the body that are going to help us do everything outside of this workout better and safer and for our longevity. So I think it's important that our listeners know that. I know I was having issues with my elbows from being in this, in a typing position a lot. And so rolling has been hugely beneficial for me. I feel like I am rolling out at least once a day, if not multiple times a day to try to, you know, restore, rehydrate, work out all the kinks and just to be extra present in definitely rolling my feet more because I'm walking more and my feet and my shins. Like I notice, you know, I've definitely up to the distance I'm walking. I was able actually to run a little bit on Sunday out at Rancho San Antonio. Maybe Danielle, you can help me understand why this is true. I was able to run uphill without any ankle pain whatsoever. Like felt great. I was too afraid to run downhill because I just felt like the load pounding. And these are pretty steep hills. So I wasn't ready to try the downhill, but I also don't feel like I'm able to run on the pavement around my neighborhood either. That doesn't feel so great, but the uphill on the dirt felt awesome. That's good. Yeah. It's because you're going uphill. You've got that dorsiflexion of your ankle, which is great that you have the, probably the full range of motion. So you're able to do that when you're coming down, you need the eccentric control Mm -hmm. of calf and the foot. And so that just takes some time to really like build up that control. Lots of heel raises. So we've been doing that. Love you. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. That that eccentric phase of any muscle is always going to be the one that takes the longest to, to recover. Yeah. Well, I was, I was super encouraged. It was funny. We went on a family hike and Abby decided that she was going to race up this really steep hill. And I was walking with Jeff and I just thought, I wonder what would happen if, and I thought, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? I would have to stop. Yeah. So I tested it and I ran for about a mile up the hill. Well, great. Nice. <laughs> Coming along, I give Alkaline a lot of credit for that. Like you said, the heel raises and the rolling of my feet, my shins, it's making a huge difference. So people really get the piece of like, okay, I'm at home. I need to keep my cardiovascular fitness up. I need to keep my strength up, but they miss the 
myofascial, like the connection of it all. And that's what rolling is, right? Rolling is taking care of the tissues of your body. And so we, and now is like the perfect time because you have a little more time and you're not going out at night. You're not really doing much to leave the house. So you have time to really roll those tissues and to like elongate the structures of your body to keep you healthy because it's a complete picture, not just cardio and strength. I think a lot of great things are going to come out of this learning um, or a lot of learnings are going to come out of this situation. But I think if there were one thing, if I had one, if I were a genie and had one wish, it would be that people, A, practice rolling and therefore, because they're practicing it, appreciate it more. Because I feel like it's the missing leg of the three-legged stool and it's so important for health, yet it is completely undervalued. I don't have time for that. You know, we even see it like in our, our classes where we have a format, a quote unquote strength format or a cardio format, and then a recharge and, you know, half the people drop off because they've got to go. The rolling is hugely important, especially now. And that's what keeps you out of the office of a physical therapist, really, because a physical therapist really works on those tissues. You know, that's our main, lots of people, especially in my particular setting, which is outpatient private practice, it's going to be, you know, tendonitis, chronic conditions, conditions of the joints, things that are from repetitive strain injuries, different things. And and by taking care of yourself with rolling, whether it's the yoga tune-up balls, whether it's a foam roller or doing any kind of mobility training where you're working on the pliability of the muscle tissue is going to keep you out of the doctor's office 100%. And I'm like, I I want more business. I do. But like, I would rather people take care of themselves. You know, as a physical therapist, that's why I didn't become a doctor or a surgeon is because I wanted to educate people on how to take care of their own bodies. Right. And that's why I teach at Alkaline is because that's what I get to do every day um, when I teach. Because you want people to be in charge of themselves. You know, when I started taking class, I was the shyest, quietest, like never would do like anything, you know, and now I'm just like, no, like, I want to take care of my own self, my own body, and just be responsible for me. Like, and and especially during this quarantine time, I think it's important to just highlight again, the, the value of self care. I especially feel for those of you like you and Aaron and all the other listeners who have, you know, they're, they're trying to juggle a business. They're trying to juggle homeschooling. And then also, by the way, let's try to take some time for ourselves. So I think it's important that we remember that that self-care is super important and maybe even now more important than ever, you know, working out really helps the immune system. I think people forget about that rolling helps with the lymphatic system, which then has an impact on your immune system. So I think it's important to recognize that it's not just a selfish act, but actually something that's going to potentially protect you from becoming ill yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I would love to finish Danielle, unless there's something else you'd like to add, but I always love to end these podcasts with like a little rapid fire question Um, I'm calling these the quarantine rapid fire questions. And I don't want you to think, overthink these, just like the first thing that comes to mind, feel free to just shout it out. All right. Question number one, besides your family, who would you most want to be quarantined with? 
<laughs> I think Jennifer Gardner would be pretty cool. She's she's oh. a good chef. So maybe that. Oh, that was a good answer. Excellent. All right. Are you binge watching anything on TV? And if so, what? I'm actually not. I'm so boring. I tried the Tiger Tiger King show. I yeah. tried, but just couldn't get into it. Good. Well, you're probably saving your brain cells. Aaron, I tried to watch for the second episode, the the Bachelor, what's it called? The music. Love is Blind. No, no, no. Not Love is Blind. I've watched oh. those. No, no, no. But the Bachelor one where there are musicians that are pairing up. It, it was so ridiculous. I had to turn it oh, off. I don't think I've watched that, but I did. I did power through t- Tiger King because I'm an endurance athlete. So I'm an endurance binge watcher as well. Very nice. <laughs> Still got it. Still got it. <laughs> Danielle, what is your guilty pleasure? In terms of anything, see, I'm overthinking. Hey, let, let your imagination run wild, girl. Okay, so every Wednesday night, I have been drinking wine, like quite a bit of wine, which is not my usual. And this is only because it's my only day where I'm not teaching the next day and there's like nothing. So that's <laughs> pleasure right. I hope that I'll be able to recover from that when this is all over. All right. What have you learned about yourself and your family through this experience? Any like new awarenesses? Hmm. I've heard a lot of people say they notice like the annoying habits of their husband more. I think I've noticed just how much I enjoy leaving my house. <laughs> having Because I have two boys and then a husband. So it's, it's a lot of testosterone. And so to just like leave and to, I miss going to the beach and just kind of sitting there and having quiet rather than wrestling and screaming and video games. That makes sense. All right. What do you, and maybe this is the same answer, but what do you miss most about social isolation? Yeah, I just miss, I definitely just miss interacting with people in the classroom, teaching, even just like giving physical contact. To be yeah. people. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not like super huggy, like unless you really know me that I am, but I miss that physical interaction adjustments with, you know, a pat on the back or just to, to come close to somebody and them not to look at you like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and you wonder, I wonder how, you know, once we're, you know, encouraged to be more out and about how that will change slowly. It's not like it's going to be like, ready, set, go. Everybody just start hugging each other, but it'll just be interesting to see how people. Yeah. That. So yeah, interesting. Have a different temperature on it. So. Yeah. All right. And the final question, what do you hope? Because I, I have thought about this a lot. The things that I want to take from this quarantine lifestyle into my future what would you say would be yours? I think for me, there was a lot of things that I was doing that was not necessary. Mm. Like a lot of driving from place to place, even just with my kids, like having them in different classes and activities that maybe just weren't necessary for them. You know, they're doing great just like with what they have. And then also just slowing down, like slowing my brain down. It's like always trying to go on to the next thing and achieve the next thing. And, you know, I think I've, I have found a little bit of peace. Do you think you'll be able to maintain that? 
It's going to be tough. I do think just because we're going to be transitioning slowly into things that that will help. But I think, you know, it will be a struggle. It always is once you get back into your routine. Yeah, it'll take some discipline, I think, for all of us to, you know, take what we've learned through this time and and choose the things that we want to continue to do that better support us in our, you know, just holistic approach to life. I agree with that 100%. I think if we can all realize that we can be whole without so much stuff on the schedule. Yeah. I think we're all overscheduled and this it's like a it becomes like a competitive thing. Well, I have to put my kid in such and such activity because all their friends are doing it or everybody else is doing. It. I felt like that with the summer camp schedule that started in January of the spreadsheets going around and who was going to be in which summer camp. And I was like, it's January. It's not. And now all that stuff is probably called off, which is, you know, sad for the kids and hard for the parents who are trying to, you know, keep kids occupied. But I think my kids are going to have a much better idea of what to do with themselves now. And we'll probably realize like, Oh, they don't need to be entertained 24 seven. They've got their imagination and it's okay to be bored. It'll be so interesting to see how kids do as a result of this. I think, you know, I'm sure there'll be psychologists who study this and, you know, I I think they're going to be okay. Way better than the adults. (laughs) I do too. Well, and I think for, you know, I'm not going to discount those that are, I mean, there are people in this world that are truly struggling to put food on the table and, you know, have very dire circumstances, but I do think even within those populations that if people really look closely, they're going to find some upsides to what's going on. So I don't know. I'm a glasses half full kind of gal. Yep. I, my upside is that I get to take class from Danielle regularly now, which is so awesome. I love that. I was um, talking to Kate in Irvine yesterday and I just, I so appreciate being able to take classes from other people. You know, I'm lucky enough that I get to take from Kathy every week, but now I get to take from all these other amazing instructors and I'm just, you know, so wowed and proud every time I log in, I'm like, oh my gosh, like these classes are equally awesome in every studio and every community. So it's pretty Awesome. So thank you, Danielle, for thank your you so contributions much. to this team and for your role. I don't even, do we even talk about your role as a development coach of our instructors? So she is very influential in ensuring that quality and mentoring of our instructor team. And her classes are all over the virtual schedule right now. So you should, she goes by, again, she goes by Danny B on the schedule because we have another Danielle that our Menlo Park and Los Altos clients know. So depending on which schedule you're looking at, could be different. And she also has, you can reach out to her on Instagram, but you also have an alkaline email, which is Danielle at alkalinestudios.com. So if you have any questions about those things we're talking about, or you're experiencing anything in your body and your noticing that I am a huge believer in early intervention. And I think no, no issue is too small, especially now when we've got the time to take care of some of these things that kind of get shoved under the rug when we're running around like crazy and worrying about a million different things. So um, definitely reach out to Danielle. 
This is fun to chat with you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining another episode of Alkaline Unplugged. As a reminder, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or wherever you're listening. Comments, feedback, and requests or suggestions for future guests can be emailed to info at alkalinestudios.com. We look forward to hearing from you.